right, welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We have a great food for thought episode for you today, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, with joined by my co-host, uh, Sean Don Johnson. Ah, didn't work. That didn't really hit well. Man, wait a minute, because that does work, because Sean Johnson, the Olympic gymnast. Oh, there it is. Isn't it Sean Johnson? Yeah, Sean Johnson. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He was awesome. He was awesome. You're right. Well, he's an Olympian, so, you know. She... That's Sean, what, that's, that's what I meant. <laughs> start over. I'm just going to, oh no, I'm not going to, I was going to say, I, I should just start referring to people as they, as just, just they, I think it's an interesting topic. I, I you know, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to go down that route, but, uh, so what'd you have for dinner today, Sean? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll talk. I'll like listen to them. Yeah, listen to the person you're meeting. Yeah, call them by their name. Yeah, they're gonna. That's they will give you what the information you need to know. That's exactly be respectful and listen. That's exactly yeah. the best way to do it. Just call them by their name. And actually, there's something you do that I've been picking up on is when you say thank you, like you'll say thank you, Matt. Like you'll always use my yeah. name. Yeah. And so I've been doing that lately to people, and I, I like it. It's, it's kind of nice. I did it to somebody today when I walked into one of our stores, and it was a, a, maybe a staff member that I don't see as often, but I know her. Mm-hmm. And so I was, mm-hmm. like, I was like, hey, Amber, how's it going? And they kind of double take, like double take, and were like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I like, smiled, and it was like, it got me thinking a little bit about like how – you know, it, it's really genuine and sincere when you use somebody's name, especially when you don't see them that often, or even if you do see mm-hmm. them that often. I think that it's a really cool thing to use somebody's name. And I agree. And I, I think it, it brings me down hard when I don't remember their name because it's hard to do it. Yeah, it actually. is. It is. And I think that's why it means so much because I'm using it. I mean, like you, I see you a lot. Yeah. It's like, uh, but... Somebody new just gotta figure out a way. I know when you were coaching, what was that like for you? I remember all the names. Oh, dude, there was there were two kids that I would always get their names backwards. And listen, the thing I love about kids is they have pretty much no filter. And so I would I would say um, uh, I would say his name, and then the other one would be like, "What? You're 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 calling him the wrong name?" <laughs> like yelling at me, and I'm like, and so I go into like. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I know you guys' names. Just like kind of joking around, but um, it was. I mean, I so the first day I wrote down their names, and literally for the next week, I just like said their names, and I would like yeah. I would That's just read them off. Do it. Yeah, because like, I mean, uh, especially kids. You know, they're they're identified by their names and everything, and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was cool because by the end when we were when I was announcing them through the tunnel, like I had no hesitation. I knew them, you know, they were all and it was like it felt genuine. And I think that there's yeah. a lot to be said to somebody who can remember your name and then 
uh, take the time to use it. And so for me, it's like, hear their name, repeat their name back to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's one way to do it right in the beginning. Just use their name as much as possible. Yes. It's, it's all about repetition. And then when you, it's really hard, it can be hard though. Yeah. Well, you know, and I have a couple different little hacks. Like, you know, if I'm walking into a store and I know there's a new hire there and I, I have not met them. Um, I will actually make my first beeline to the schedule, find mm. the, the person that's on the schedule for that day that mm-hmm. I don't know, find their name, and then I'll go introduce myself and I'll, you know, if, I feel, if I'm reading the room right, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll use their name. And it's always like, you get a good reaction. Yeah, I've never gotten a bad mm-hmm. reaction by using somebody's name. No, and I was thinking about our names because I think you and I have some pretty uh, basic names. (laughs) White male names. Names you hear a lot. (laughs) A lot. Yeah, yeah. But we both have a unique thing about them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got the one T and mine's the S-E. You know, it's like. So I want to talk to you about that because every time I try to say like voice text your name, it, it defers it to S H A W N. So tell me if you know why the two names are spelled different. I have no idea. I know know. that. I know that my name is Irish. So it's going to use the Celtic language, which which is filled with E's and I's and stuff like that. So there's that. Then I think really it's like, this is me just bloviating. I don't know the answer to this. It's just like the evolution of names and sounds. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And you cross the Atlantic. It's like you're just going to keep building on something. Yeah. I'm with you on that. You know, with mine, with the 1T, I still to this day don't know how it happened. Um, I know that, uh, you know, when I was obviously when I was born and we first like nine years of my life, we were pretty religious and they pulled my name out of uh, the Bible, just like my brother's name mm-hmm. and my other brother, both my, all, all the boys are by a biblical name. Um, and you know, when you look at Matthew written out, you usually don't see two T's that you just add the T when it's short for Matt, but I just never did that. So I think, I think it was partially me in grade school where I just like, I just didn't put that extra T there and that's just how it ended up going. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, legal name is Matthew and that's one T. So I don't know. One T. There it is. Yeah. I like it. Now, um, do you, so I know, I know this is, this is an important thing to people. Now, when your name is spelled right, does that, when, or when it's spelled wrong, does it, does it, does it get under the skin a little bit? I think like anybody when you're in your your old guy when you're in your twenties, yeah, yeah, you can find space, yeah, to want to critique <laughs> things at such a small scale like that, right? You know, now, nah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like on the scale of things to be upset about, that's probably low. That and it's the <laughs> it's same low. way. It's the same way for me. I think. For Steffi, it's uh, it's an ongoing annoyance, but it's related to other things that women deal with. But yeah, yeah. It's it's to say your name, but then they say Stephanie back at you. 
Ah. You know, like, what's your name, Stephanie? Oh, nice to meet you, Stephanie. Oh, like, that's a move right there. That Ugh. happens all the time. Wow. All the time. Wow. Also, asking women to smile is out and it's back. For some reason, people have been doing it more lately, dude. Really? I don't. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. I don't know if I like the move to look at somebody and tell them uh, expression. I I just don't think that as people, we should not be telling other people how to express their face. (laughs) Yeah. I just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I mean, like if you saw me, I just, you know, if I saw you not smiling instead of me being looking at you and be like, hey, Sean, you should smile. Buddy. Are you all right? I'll be like, hey, buddy, is everything all right? You good? Well, there's a difference between like walking out of a grocery store and someone uh, telling it to you versus, wow. you know, that's the thing. It's like happening. It's like a cat call. Yeah. Yeah. I see. What like you're it's saying. Some, it's something that was around. It seemed to have died down. I think it's because of COVID. And it's just like back. Yeah. It's just back. I don't like anything about it. Um, so, uh, what, what did you have for dinner tonight? Chicken tenders. Okay. From a kid's cookbook that Hazel is practicing cooking on. She's been doing good. She made, uh, chicken and broccoli roasted. She's made French toast. And today was chicken tenders, except she didn't help at all. It was all steppy. <laughs> it was all steppy. Well, I mean, you got. It was funny. He's a kid's cookbook. It's so easy. Dude. I know. I know. Woo! Maddie has one too, and it's always like she's like, "Dad, can we make cupcakes?" And I'm like, "Sweet, four ingredients. Yeah, we're on it." <laughs> like, <let's> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No technique. The chicken tenders are great. Yeah, and That's then cool. we had some. Uh, we had a uh, cabbage chopped salad, and. Um, some bread. Nice. Nice. You know, I think... Olive loaf. Olive loaf. That's a solid yeah. move right there. I kind of like that. I love olive loaf. Dude, I'll eat <laughs> the shit out of that. Um, you know, I've all there's been something I've always really wanted to do, but I know that it's a lot harder to get put together and whatever. Um, I just haven't made the initiative to do it, is, is teach a kid's cooking class. Because I think yeah. there's so much value in that. And like, you'd be good at that. I mean, yeah. think about it. Like, you see those kids like light up when they accomplish something. And cooking is one of those things that has a, a reward at the end. And, and it's mm-hmm. a reward based off of the work that you do and how you follow directions. And so, to me, like, there, for my reward, there would be nothing bigger than seeing these kids like just kick some butt at, at cooking, you know? Right. You're already a, Super Bowl champion, you got the kid thing down. <laughs> I I was like, you today. know how to you know how to make them vibe. You got I, it. Your yeah. energy is so positive. <laughs> this might be an idea. I I was I was told today like how they were like you are absolutely great with kids and and to me I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I don't know what I do because I just I I, I guess I act like a kid. I don't know. I I just I feel like. Um, I really like to inspire people and kids, kids mm-hmm. minds are, are really an easy thing to inspire. If you have the right message, I don't know. It's fun. Hey, what do you like to do with bread? What's your favorite thing? Bread. It's in the meal. Oh. What do you like to do with it? Oh boy. Well, you know, nah, I got every question just popped in my head. Like, what kind of bread? What am I eating with it? Because that depends. Let's say you on- have olive loaf. You're eating what I have. Like, how do you 
If I how do you eat your bread? Okay, if I if I have an olive loaf, I'm taking that thing and I'm going to rub some butter on the outside of it, wrap it with tin foil, throw it in the oven, let it heat up, and then pull it out and I'm going to cut it um, into like maybe some squares, serve it with some like uh, really nice olive oil, salt and pepper, dip it in the olive oil, eat it up. Like I like dipping it in what you're eating. Oh. You know, yeah, it's a huge move. I just like, oh, I got a piece of chicken. We'll put that on there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, it, it, oh, look, a, a bell pepper, something on there, some ranch. It's a utensil. It's totally a utensil. And it's a utensil. And and I am a huge dipper on many things. And so, like, I mean, the first uh, feeling or first awareness I got of that is like the bread with the tomato sauce. You know. You're Ooh. sopping your tomato sauce, or bre- I mean, I don't know if you remember. I like this. a red, a, like a red wine sauce. Like if you do cocoa van, oh. dipping bread and that kind of thing. That's amazing. That's amazing, dude. Like, okay, I don't know if you remember this, but last winter I went through this little soup phase, and I was, I would literally go buy a full baguette and a like a I don't know, it was like a quart of soup, and I would just sit there and eat bread and soup. And uh, I mean, it was, it was a lot <laughs> and at the same point, like yeah. I, it was, it's the best thing in the world, like some good bread and some good, like soup on a winter day. And you're just like dipping it, sopping the, yeah. the soup up. I don't know. That's, that's why the Italian bread soup is like one of the greatest textured experiences. Yep. yep. Like you have stale old bread, you get it all in there, you stir it around, you get, it is so rewarding. The crust will still be like rich and crunchy. Everything else is sort of getting velvety. It's sticking the soup up. There it. was a time. Uh, it was very brief in my stint as a general manager at our work um, where we served soup. Yeah, you probably remember it mm-hmm. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll tell you, um, and it's not a normal combination, but soup and a slice of pizza – there's something yeah. real special about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's a noisy meal. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with that because uh, we've made it um, a very, we've made a very big push within the family to do uh, family sit down meals every day. You know, before this, it was yeah. probably like three times a week, but oh, wow. we have been, on it, um, Alana and I have been very strategic about our schedules, about what we're making, um, and what we're doing during dinner. Like I taught, like last night when you text me, I was like, I'm playing movie trivia, you know, keeping right. it, keeping it engaged. Uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Jackson six sits next to Maddie and the, the biggest, uh, hurdle for him right now is listening to her chew. <laughs> and he'll look at me and he'll be like, dad, dad, trade me spots, please trade me spots. And I'm like, no, nah, bro, you just got it. You got to learn how to get past this, man. He's got to do it. And he's just like, I cannot handle this. And he's like staring yeah. at her. And I'm like, Hey buddy, yeah. just calm down. <laughs> That's and they like Hazel's is that Luden staring at her. Yeah. So you're st- quit staring at me while you eat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a move. I like it. I like it. 
So, you know, I was I was talking to a buddy. Hey, what did you have? Oh, oh shoot. I forgot oh. to talk about what I had. Okay. Um, this, is the, this is the second time this week you're going to hear me say this. Because uh, we talked about uh, something on Monday, same, same situation. But I did our, our – Alana cooked our magical spaghetti, um, which I don't know if you – do you need a refresher on what my magical spaghetti is? No, I, I okay. know. Okay. I mean, but, yeah. what, but something she did this time, which it was, a, it was a mistake on her part, but when I ate it, I was like, this is fantastic. When she was cooking her onions, she went to put the pepper flake and the oil and the onions – and put like two or three tablespoons too much because it came out of the container too quick. But it bloomed in the pepper and it gave it like this, or it bloomed in the oil and it gave it like the smokiness. Mm-hmm. And so she made the sauce, uh, you know, threw it in the spaghetti, chopped it up with the scissors. Um, but I've been using the air fryer for vegetables. We did air fryer broccoli. And I'm telling you, I, it's, it's just easy and convenient. That good. It was good. Uh, well, I mean, I did. Uh, yeah, the air fryer green beans were great. Um, they can so dry they, out a little. So bit. you have that little. You have the air fryer unitasker thing. It's just an air fryer. It's like the nineteen ninety nine one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turn the knob, push the drawer in, type thing. Never even used that before. Um, you know, we originally got it so we Maddie could use it to like because she likes to eat like. Yeah, you know, when she gets home from school, she likes to have a snack, and one of her snacks is French fries. And so mm-hmm. she'll take like a handful of frozen French fries, throw them in there, push the drawer in, turn the Quick. knob, done, easy, mm-hmm. you know, self-sufficient. Um, mm-hmm. But then we started cooking vegetables in it, and I really, I really enjoy it. Like it gets a good char on it, um, and it cooks it really nicely. Uh, and it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. I like it. <laughs> I love this. Funny. I'm, it, make, it makes me feel very good to hear about other people's kids' food issues. <laughs> oh, because, dude, I got them for days, bro. Yeah, like I have all kinds of annoyances, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, everyone does. Everyone you know? does. And to Jackson's, um, <laughs> to, to Jackson's favor, like, listen, you can hear Maddie chewing from the kitchen. I'm trying to get her to learn how to chew with her mouth closed, and it is it's oh, it's, wow. real, it's really hard. And and you know we just sometimes uh, it's tough. She loves those goldfish too, and when she eats those things, I'm like, you got to go to your room, bro. Like I, I can't do this. <laughs> go 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 eat them upstairs. Go in the bathroom. Eat. I don't care. Can't handle it. Um, Jackson can't sit down. That dude. He's a ball of energy. I cannot get him to mm-hmm. sit down. He's like, no, Dad, I'm going to stand and eat. And then as he's standing, he's like jumping up and down. I'm like, dude, what do I need to do? I'm getting the anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. I don't know. Yeah, Hazel's Hazel's like sits, will eat almost anything, mm-hmm. but also can be. Can I? May I be excused? Yeah. Do you? Uh, do your kids so, ask to be excused? Yeah, that's why we I mean, if we sit down for dinner every time, yeah, unless yeah, only if someone's they're sitting down for dinner, I might not be there for work. Steffi has a few long work days yeah, where she has to work till eight. And then I am like, we always sit down. Nice. That's great. That's just been the way it has been. It's the way it was for me growing up. 
works. It can be annoying. Uh, oh, it can be challenging, you know, annoying, all of it. I think sometimes it becomes like for the kids, they might not, might be hungry, but they don't necessarily want the structure. And then sometimes, like there's a mo- we do movie nights every once in a while, okay. and we allow them to sit at the couch to eat dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tend to eat more food then. It's funny how that works, huh? My kids. But I'm not giving into that shit. No, no. <laughs> don't ruin my couch, damn it. uh (laughs) i am uh dude i'm the grumpy old man in my family i get it uh i i'm just i'm fitting into that role nicely uh but yeah dude i think there's a huge value in in sitting down as a family or or if maybe if you don't have kids like sitting down together with your partner and and just taking that moment and that space in the day to just like eat food and talk about nothing like, or, or, or may, or may play a game or, you know, read a book or mm-hmm. you do something, you know, like there, there was uh there was a one time we've done this where we had, oh, we had a picture or we had a blank piece of paper and one person starts by drawing one thing and then you pass it and you just keep passing yeah. it to everybody and you get one part of the picture to draw. And that's fun, right? It's interactive. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the games. And I, I found that, like, when I was a kid, I didn't have that. It was like, you sit down, you eat your food, um, and you're not able to get up until everything is gone. And that was a very, you know, it's a, to me, it's a very militant to do that. Now, we have structures and rules. It's like, when you're done with food, or when you're done with dinner, you know, we usually don't get, we all get up at the same time. So, it's like, and then everybody has what's called dinner steps. Like everybody mm-hmm. has dinner steps of like, okay, Maddie, you know, to do your dinner steps, which is put your plate away, put it in the dishwasher, you know, clean up any of your, your stuff and make sure you put, you know, drink your drink or, or, you know, put it in the dishwasher or whatever, like basically clean it up after yourself. That's all it is. But, yeah. but we call it dinner steps and it seems to work except for Jackson. <laughs> he always gets Maddie to do his dinner steps for him. <laughs> He's a little con artist. <laughs> Anyways, uh, man, that's good. Okay, so Sean, I had somebody ask me this today, and um, I, when somebody asked me this question, I have so many thoughts and uh, answers, but like I wanted to ask it to you. Um, you know, when you got into this industry, you know, like. Did you do it because, like, did, did you, what are your influences? That was the question. Somebody asked me that. Who, who are your influences in this industry? Like, why, what got you to stay? Is there somebody that, that influenced you to, to do this? Or is it, was it just, like, on your own behalf? And, like, I have, like, ten answers for that. But, mm. like, what, for you, you know, you're, I, you are a, you're a fantastic uh, cook and you, you make some really good food, but I would look at you as more of an operational, like front of the house type guy. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. And so to say you have an influence in oh, that handsome. sector, like who is it? <laughs> what did you just say? Uh, so handsome. <laughs> so handsome. <laughs> Get this dude up yeah, there. We need this face up. Get him up there. Make him the face. <laughs> yeah. Could you wear some tighter jeans next time, sir? Yeah. <laughs> Look at his jawline. Yeah. So fine. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. You know, I can't, it's, I guess it's to me, 
it's not it's a more I don't know if it's abstract but it's not all right as men yeah. we have lots of role models to people who have done great things right right like any profession anything it's shown to us all the time yeah um, I, I guess there's almost like some level of like you learn to just work hard but mm-hmm. my dad like was somebody who showcased good work ethic. And I would say that that comes that that's, that's where that goes. And when I say, I guess I'm in this because it, what made me feel most comfortable, I think is because of the activity of it. Always walking, always moving, problem solving. And then like, you really love food. So that's, the food love is coming from my family yeah. and from life experiences of trying food. I mean, just when we were talking about dinner there, I was like, the reason why I want to sit down is generally I want to talk about food. Right. You know, like right. we're eating, we're like, what do you got? Well, you got deal. Like, I just want to like know about it. And I will also want to experience it too and think about it. Mm-hmm. I want to think about its texture. I really inspect it when you bite into it. I don't, I guess it's love of food and then just like pace. It just fit my, cause I was in school to do something else and I graduated and I tried it, but I, I was not a stagnant person and I'm sure there's other angles you could want into, but I think, I don't know. I think also the friendships, it seems more team. I was like being on a team. Yeah. It was like the close proximity. Yeah. God, I don't know. Influence is going to just be my parents, man. Yeah. And I think that's a really, I mean, that's a really good answer and an honest answer because what, uh, you know, I don't know who would say this, but there are people out there that would be like, Oh, you know, Gordon Ramsay is mine. And I, and I, mm-hmm. I knew you wouldn't say that because I know you well enough, but, um, I like that answer, uh, because, Growing up, you know, our influences are our parents, regardless if they're good mm-hmm. or bad, you know? And um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I, I, so when I was asked who were your influences, you know, uh, my, you know, I, I kind of had a similar answer where it was like, you know, I grew up, let's see, my grandfather was, he was a, he was a chef, a chef owner. And so he had three restaurants but I didn't know him, you know, he died when Mm -hmm. I was four years old. And so I always had pictures of him that I saw and like the stories that, that my crazy mom would talk about and, and, uh, you know, or my uncle or, or my aunt, they're always telling me about, uh, you know, who he was and what he did. And I see pictures and I'm like, that was a, that was a lifelong dream to be like him, but I didn't know him. So it's hard to call him an influence. But my dad, my dad was like a hard worker. My dad was an athlete. Mm-hmm. He was a hard worker. He, he just always did what needed to be done. And I think that that very much was my influence as well. And that's how I answered the question. But like, you know, and it was just, we were just friends talking, but it was like, it was really interesting because I went through the, like a list of people that I have encountered leading up to where we're at right now. And I'm like, I could probably name, um, you know, five, six really influential people throughout my career. But um, at the end of the day, I think we are who we are because of our parents, whether it's good or bad. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. So So something like, I think, yeah. What about the food aspect? That's what I was just going to say. There's something to reason. 
like you went to culinary school, you were you were driven by food. It was making you feel like, but like where you end up working isn't necessarily like your path. It's sort of what the options that came your way. Yeah. I mean, well, some people like put their head down and say, I'm going to fucking do this. This is who I am. Yeah. I, re- I recently had a, a bit of a light bulb moment with culinary school and cause I was thinking about it and I'm like, why did I go? Like what, what did it really teach me? Because there's, there's this, this, uh, overlying like stipulation that if you go to culinary school, you're going to become a chef. And that's one thing they talk about. Like when you graduate from here, you are not going to be a chef. You're going to be a line cook or a dishwasher. Just understand that they mm-hmm. basically drill that into your head. Like you're not going to mm-hmm. be a chef. We're going to teach you technique. We're going to teach you flavor. But what culinary school really is, is you're learning the business side of food. You're learning how to deal with food in a way that makes money and mm-hmm. is structured around business. Now, there, are, uh, there was aspects of understanding flavor, understanding um, how to manipulate flavor, how to build flavor, um, but it was still all encompassing about the business of food because why would we go to culinary school to learn just technique? We should go to culinary school to learn how to run a business based around yeah, food. hospitality management. Right? Yes. Just yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. And I got, and that's what I got. I got a, a culinary arts and a management degree and it was, it did. I didn't go. I didn't actually go to that until I was 31. Um, and then after that, I got my business degree because I was so enthralled with the business side of it. Um, but food has always been, and I said this before when I was talking about the kids, but food for me has always been a very rewarding thing. Um, and I don't think it takes a genius or, uh, somebody who is like, okay, they, I was talking to you about that, that, that show the bear, right? And mm-hmm. the way they portray this character. Now, I loved, I loved, I really liked the show. But the way they portrayed this character is that to, in order to be this, like, food genius, you got to be high strung. You got to be stressed. You got to be unorganized. You got to be hairs going everywhere, like, freaking out, yelling at people. That's not the truth. Like, you can have structure around something that you love and you can have structure around food and you don't have to be this crazy chef yelling at people. Um, right. And in fact, I did my thesis in school was about the ego of a chef. And I, I really broke that down because there are multiple levels of egos that come with being a chef. And I didn't align with many, many of them. I'm a very loving kind caring person, but where the food aligned with me is with my passion. I'm a very passionate Mm -hmm. person too. And, Mm -hmm. but the last thing I ever want to do is walk into a kitchen and tell them they're doing something fucking wrong and start yelling at them. I want to be like, Hey, let me show you a better way of doing this. Or let me show you a different way. And maybe this will click. And then when you see it click, it's like, awesome. That worked. But when I'm putting together a dish there's something that happens in my brain that everything stops. And the, well, why I say that is because like, as you know, our minds are working a mile a minute in the jobs that we have. But when I'm putting together a plate and working in the kitchen, all I have to think about 
is the beautiful design of this plate and the flavors I want it to make. And that feeling and that those um, motions and procedures that I have to go through are just, they, they just come really natural to me. And so I learned, I felt that early on with food, not again, not to say that I'm a genius by any means, but that we all have things that come really easy. Some people it's playing the piano. Some people it's drawing, you know, or it's, this just came easy to me. And when something comes Mm -hmm. easy to you, you're allowed to apply your passion and bring this whole new like thing to a plate. And it, and here's, here's the absolute most rewarding part. You can put it in front of somebody and they can be like, Oh my God, how did you do that? This is amazing. Instant reward. Or when you eat it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think actually it was um, Steve who worked at Pearl talked a lot about how much, how it made him feel so good to share food. Yeah. And why did I become a chef? What was the highlights of it beyond the other? Like if you're actually like a line cook chef running a kitchen like that, it's, um, he's like, it's, it's bringing it to the table. Yeah. It's seeing them. It's saying it's offering it to it because it's, there's, there's a heart, there's love, there's passion. Right. That's what I like cooking at home because I, I, I like serving food. Right. I like to bring it. And I know everyone, food is so important to us. And when you make it taste better than normal and you get really good at salting, mm-hmm. it's, and you just bring so much joy to people. Yeah. I agree with that. I, you know, I just think that, uh, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of good things happen around breaking bread, you know? Yeah. Um, you come together as, as people to celebrate, to commensurate, to, you know, remember to, to just to be with each other. Like, Mm-hmm. Can you remember the last time you had a meal and everybody that came around the meal just sucked and y'all hated each other? <laughs> like, I can't think of a time except for maybe family events, but no, I'm joking. Um, but like, let's do it. Let's, yeah. sign, that up. let's sign us up for something. Like yeah. That. I, I, I can I, think of four people that are difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think I could think I could get, get some people there, but at the end of the day, like, Food brings good emotion for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. One time I got really mad at my friend. <laughs> he was a roommate situation. Yeah. And I don't yell very much as you probably do. Yeah. Witness, never, I, I don't yelled, know if I've heard you yell. And <laughs> I was eating like this lovely egg sandwich that I made and I like was spitting it out while I was yelling. <laughs> out of control yelling like I don't even know what I said honestly it was uh, there was a three way argument and I was trying to get them to stop and somehow in me trying to get them to stop I got re- I yelled really loud and I all my sandwich out of my mouth <laughs> I've seen you do some, some damn hard on that egg sandwich I've seen you do some uh, pretty funny things uh, when it comes to food like you know taking your hand and just shoving it in a, in a bowl of salad and putting the salad in your mouth. And yeah. 
It's a pretty incredible sight. Um, but you know what? It, it created laughter. And, and let me ask you this. Did the, did the argument stop when you, when you started doing that? Yeah, because then it became like, whoa, what's up with this guy? He never yells. <laughs> exactly. And he's losing control. And the egg sandwich is going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had to go to my j- job. Yeah. I was like, it w- I was going to work. It was like early morning argument. It was oh rough. wow, <laughs> roommates, man, that's hard, right? Oh, it's tough. We, we were tons of people who got it. It's Woo! tough. It, I, you know, I'll never forget the day that I got my first apartment by myself. Um, I even moved in by myself, and I was just so happy. <laughs> mm. I never did well with never roommates. did it. I never did well with mm-hmm. roommates. I'll tell you. I did. I was, I'm so, it's, I'm very adaptable. Like I can like deal with it. It's just like, it comes with these like barriers yeah. or social obligations, social obligations. Just, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, and it's funny because that's what uh, attracted me to this uh, industry is the social aspect. Um, when I was, you know, I've all, I've talked about it a lot. My first job was at Olive Garden, but in Eugene, there was, it's a small enough town that people knew the OG crew, meaning the mm, Olive Garden mm-hmm. crew, because they would all go out to the clubs mm. together and, you know, mm. it was semi-incestual and like, they were, it was like, that was a thing. And so when I got a job there, I kind of started hanging out with some of them and like, it was a social thing that kept me and I was like, this is awesome. I can make money, mm-hmm. work four hours, walk with cash out of my Adam in my pocket and like go out with people nickel bag of funk a nickel bag of funk like what (laughs) oh it was awesome yeah no it was it was pretty cool i enjoyed it um but you know i'm still here don't see myself going anywhere so we'll see see how that goes (laughs) uh all right Want to? We're, we're gonna try. We're gonna try. Some, yeah, we're gonna try something new since uh, we can't do the music thing. We're gonna ask each other three trivia questions. Can we say that anything about? We can. T- you can talk about. We're yeah. not gonna play music. No, but, I just can't. I can't play music yeah. that I'm not. Yeah. You know, paying them for. Right. Okay. Do My you want? Family love Taylor Swift. Oh. You know what? They I had I Hazel watched. and Stevie had the best time ever. I watched it. On uh, TikTok, there was tons of people just streaming it on their oh, live yeah. thing. And, yeah. uh, dude, listen, say what you want about everybody out there. Say what you want about Taylor Swift. That, that, that girl packs stadiums. Like, I don't even think I've seen this stadium this full for a Seahawks game. Obviously, it probably has been. But holy crap, dude. It is. It was more than a Seahawks because there's. Well, so you you close off a part of the back of the a piece of the stadium can't have seating because it's the back of the stage. Okay. So you lose seating there. Okay. However, there's lawn seating. Okay, so that increases it. But yeah, it was packed. It's not just there; it's everywhere. She is controlling all of us in some way, <laughs> and. Uh, it's like I love your I love it's your weird because I have I like uh you know I'm not a I'm not a big business guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> what I mean is like I don't shop at Amazon. I, like I do I come up with these like rules 
that are probably completely meaningless, but I can't think of one for her. <laughs> so <laughs> you won. She won. She definitely won. Yeah, no, she's she did something right and like it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to see something um that ha- it feels like something that's that positive um and have somebody come out really really successful probably helps the world because it brings love i sure it hope makes so people very happy i sure hope so okay all right you ready oh, let's <laughs> I'll, I'll start with uh uh, okay, see. so three trivia questions. You're going to ask me if I don't know the answer. You're going to give me a uh, lashing. Yeah, <laughs> a spanking. No, yes. yeah, like next time you see me, you're going to have like a whip. <laughs> you're going to hear me walking up the stairs, like whipping the whip. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> coming. I'm going to jump out. Of, I'm going to go out that exit door that says "Don't die." <laughs> Yeah, I'll do. I'll have. I'll be doing the the what the song, the cowboy song. It's all dwan dwan oh, yeah. dwan. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, how many liters are in a magnum of champagne? <laughs> it's seven hundred and fifty milliliters. No, no, no. It's one liter. One point five. That was actually a really good <sighs> guess. I would have guessed one liter too. Um. Okay, you want to ask 1. me one? 5. All right. Uh, what's the difference between baking powder and baking soda? One is a leavening. Wait, it's the chemical reaction between the two. Uh, one makes things rise, and one the other one doesn't. Oh shit! Am I even close? It's like you're you're thinking about it right, but you're not. Like they both are leavening. Yes. Baking soda reacts to like it reacts to acid, right? <sighs> Baking powder doesn't needs acid put into react, so it's got cornstarch and shit. Yeah. Oh, that's totally so, okay. so baking powder will react to things that don't have acid, like yeah. milk. Yeah. yeah. Right? But baking soda works well with buttermilk, but it doesn't react well with Oh dude. Because it doesn't have the acid. That yeah. makes total sense. Guy, I, I should have known that. So if you're doing cream biscuits, you would use baking powder. Yeah. If you're making buttermilk biscuits, you would use baking baking soda. soda. Yeah, because of the acid. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Oh, this is, these are, these are going to, I like these. These are going to challenge me, but also make me remember. Um, Okay. Uh, What causes a fresh egg to sink to the bottom of a bowl of water and an old egg to float? What what designates is an old egg? Like So an egg okay. Uh the okay, do you want me to give you the answer? Or do you want to Well, I'm gonna okay. guess okay. that there's something to do with the way the yolk moves in yes. the egg. You're 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 on to something there. So it doesn't yeah. say what designates a, a fresh egg from an old egg, but yeah. it is a known thing that an old egg will float and a fresh egg will not float. Okay, so I'm going to just guess the position of the yolk. It's it, you're kind of on something. It's the evaporation or the moisture loss. So it's okay. You know, the white starts to evaporate the older the egg gets. So it pulls away from this the the peel. Correct. Yeah, the, this, 
the shell gets pulled away, less of the skin is there. Okay. Right, right. And then because it's because you have less moisture on the inside of it, that egg starts to sink instead of float because you don't have the equal. Yeah. Okay. okay. So what is the profession that for beer that is like a wine sommelier? What is that profession called? It's not sommelier. It's not it sommelier. A, it's uh yeah. Uh, beer monger? Cicero. A Cicero. 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 Wow. I don't, mm-hmm. know, I don't know if I've ever actually ever heard that before, but um, interesting. Is that just strictly beer? Yeah. Beer. Cicero. Okay. You got to go to school for it, just like Somalia. Yeah, and I've heard, I mean, I, I know the Somalia is, is quite the rigorous process. I can only imagine that's the same. Same thing. Like you get like both both things are where you start to learn. Like you get to the place where you can like maybe understand years. You know, like this is like understanding what water does to beer, and where is the water from? Like you can break things down like that. Interesting. Okay, I'm trying to find a real good Anheuser, one. the Bush owner, yeah, the original Anheuser Bush, the original guy. He supposedly could. Now, because I, I read like this Coors nonfiction book, The History of Coors, and same right. I did with the Hanser Bush, but they, he supposedly could tell where the beer was produced in what state because of the water. So he would open one up. He's like, this one's from te- our Texas location. It's like, oh, this one's from our, our uh, Kansas location. Isn't that, that's a pretty, I mean, that's a pr- the water is pretty significant, I would imagine. It's imperative. That's why beer from Astoria, yeah. like Bowie, I don't mean to throw shade like <laughs> their beer is totally fine. Totally. Let me respectfully, they have a taste, and it's because of that water. It is unique. It is a little more minerally. Okay. And it actually hits Long Beach as well. Like the brewery up there is dealing with the same thing. It's quite noticeable. Okay, got another uh, wine one for you. You're not a wine drinker, are you? No, but, but I you've, know you've, what wine is. You, well, okay. Uh, oh, here's one. <laughs> What's You actually got flashcards. Yeah, I'm going to give you some of these next time I see you. Okay. Uh, what is the uh, prep term for cutting food into a thin match-like stick? You should know I think this. it's Julian. Yes. Julian. Julian. Yeah. Julian. God, I think it's like different because there's like matchsticks. Well, there's like a the Japanese cut. So there's a batnay, which yeah. is yeah. a little thicker than the matchstick. Yeah. But okay. And the matchstick, I personally, I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's a good descriptive word for that. But all right, hit me with your last one. Um, because. You're such a big Donald Trump fan. What is <laughs> his favorite fast food location? <laughs> you motherfucker. Uh, Donald Trump. It's so, like, it's so crazy. Uh, I'm going to say Popeye's. To say his name and think that people like it. I know. I know, dude. It's. <laughs> Isn't he. Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not going to go down this route. Um, well, 
Either way, what's his favorite fast food? <laughs> I'm saying Popeyes. It's McDonald's. Yeah, I figured it would be. Oh, remember the time? Question. Yeah, he's such an idiot. But remember the time that he, I think it was the Sar- Syracuse, one of the college football championships. Like okay. you know how you go to. For some reason in our history, winning sport teams get to visit the White House. Yeah, I know. I don't understand it one bit, but okay. I, and I, and then now it's a, like a political statement, <laughs> you know? Yep. And it's only because of Trump. Right. I mean, it was just like, who cares? Just go. But God, this guy. So he did uh, McDonald's for them, and it was like a massive spread. He did... He ordered like, McDonald's. He got McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a massive spread. It's actually pretty cool to look at, like seeing like all those hammers stacked up and they're perfect. That's interesting. Wax paper wrapping. Did he actually have McDonald's stuff. do it, or did he have the White House culinary team do it? Do you know? I I don't know. Do you think maybe his White House culinary team took over a McDonald's? Oh, well, there you, you go. Know, just for a day and just like did it. That would be fun to do take over a fast food chain or fast food restaurant for a day. See, see what that's actually like. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, yeah, no, it would be, that would be cool. Hmm. I think if, I think that would be, I do want to, I think we've said this on the pod before too. I would like to work a line on grill. Oh dude. Like, and it's burgers. I want to do that. Your hair will stink. You will not have arm hair. You do it for a week. Yeah, like all the... you lose yeah. your arm hair. Your hair's going to stink. And you're just... Uh, you're going to be so great at grill marks. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I, it's just one day. I just want one... one this day. is like uh, the, the, the thing where the owner has to work the yeah. line. <laughs> Undercover because boss. This privileged white <laughs> yeah, roaming manager lunatic. Oh, that's good stuff. Little to know, I love going fast. So. Yes. Yeah, me too. All right, buddy, we're about at time. We're a little, pretty overtime, but that's okay. It was a good one, Sean. A good show today. So, uh, all right. I guess uh, we'll see you all next week. Sean, have a great night. See you next week. Yes. Bye bye.